Hi friends, it's Kayla Rannon. Welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How is everybody doing today? Happy Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope you all are having a great week and you had a happy Valentine's Day, especially if you are single because I think we tend to forget in this society that Valentine's Day is one, a made-up holiday, and two, it celebrates love And love looks different for everybody. It's not just relationship. It's platonic. It's friendships. It's family. It's self-love. It's puppy love. It's love for your children and the world around us and most importantly ourselves. And there's so much talk about self-love and wellness and taking care of yourself now. And I hope you guys took a second to give yourself some much needed love Mm. and hug yourself and say you are so proud of yourself this valentine's day or if you haven't make sure you do that this week or as you're listening to this it's something that i have made an effort to do every single night is hug myself and say i'm really proud of you and i'm really proud of how far you have come and i love you and everything that you want is coming your way everything is working out exactly the way that it's meant to and you are on the right path and i love you and i believe in you and i'm so proud of you and i say that every single night And, you know, I still struggle. I still have my bad days. I still cry. I'm still emotional and go to my friends when I need a helping hand and a pep talk. But being that for myself has been a really big game changer. And it's kind of my way of practicing gratitude. And it's really special. So I recommend you try it. But I'm actually really excited for this week's episode. This week's guest is someone who pitched themselves to me a year into my podcast, which was really wild to me that people were recognizing the value of the Let's Get Candid podcast because there's so much value here for all of you and I get so much out of doing it and it gives me so much being able to do it for you. So it was really cool to see when I got that email and then the conversation that we had was absolutely incredible. You'll see in a little bit, but before we dive in and I tell you who it is, which you already know by the title, I want to do my quick suck and sweet of the week. So my suck of the week is that, you know, I've talked about this a lot and I need to have my friends on and talk about it in more depth, but we've all just been so overwhelmed and busy and stressed out that we haven't had a time to schedule a podcast recording, but the post-grad transition has been intense. I have been struggling in ways I didn't even know that I was going to struggle and it's more of a I've realized in the last couple of months that I come from a very big place of fear I live in fear a lot fear of what people think fear of looking stupid fear of not being the best version of myself fear of not being good enough fear of you know it not working out exactly the way that it's meant to and it you know holding me back setting me back from where I want to be And I can't live like that. And it's something that I've been struggling a lot and it's made this adjustment so much harder because I thought that I would be so much further along by now. I thought that I would have certain things by now, not just my age, but it has nothing to do with being 25. Honestly, it's not like a pregnancy and marriage type of things. Like, or it's, you know, the money to buy a house and the savings built up and the ability to travel and those kinds of things and I talk about it a lot with my friends we're always talking about you know all the things that we want to do and 
you know, it's really easy to future trip and get carried away. And it has made the adjustment so much harder because it's not like I'm actually living beyond my means, but I'm dreaming beyond my means and there's nothing wrong with dreaming. But I also have to, you know, manage my expectations and, you know, not let the fear of, you know, striking out hold me back if that's going to do something that I want or texting someone or reaching out to somebody for a mentorship you know, it's like both things are like, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with both sides of it, you know, the fear and the future tripping. And, you know, it just, that has been the, I think the, I, I haven't really been able to vocalize it, but it's been a common theme the last couple of weeks on the podcast of like that I've been struggling. And today I just had a conversation with a mentor, a friend of mine that I met through social media. It's the power of social media is incredible she had a very similar experience to me when deciding to go on her own and how she went about it and you know a lot of the same fears and worries as me but you know it's not you can't live in fear and I already conquered the biggest one which is going off on my own and starting my own law firm and starting my own business right out of law school and everyone around me is so proud of me and supportive and encouraging and uplifting and they're telling me that I'm aspirational and that you know they look up to me and people who have who've done it they're like welcome to the club like we are so happy to have you however I can help you please let me know but the only one who's living in fear is me because I thought I would be further along by now and I had this vision for myself and that's not where I am and I just have to remind myself that where I am is okay and I'm doing the best that I can and everything is going to work out the way that it's meant to because I wouldn't be where I am exactly right now had everything that had happened in the past not happened you know So that's kind of where I've been at just mentally and emotionally and struggling with friendships and relationships and meeting people and dating and all of that is an added layer to it. But I think the root of my issues right now is I wanted to, you know, be on my own, have my own place and be living my best life, making a lot of money and traveling when I wasn't working and enjoying what I do and You know, I have a lot of those things, but I don't have everything. And, you know, it's okay that I don't have everything because my possibilities are endless. The sky is really the limit for me. I can do so much being an entrepreneur and going the path that I'm going. And it's okay if it doesn't look the way that I thought it was going to look, but it's going to be even better. And I just have to be patient and let it happen. And that's why one of my words for 2023 is, you know, presence and enjoyment and you know, really just living in the moment and not being so impatient. That's my fatal flaw and that's something I really, really am trying to work on. And that's why my word is presence. So I just wanted to share that, you know, we're like 40 something days into the year and I'm I'm still, I'm still working on it. But you know, if you're still working on your intentions and goals for the year, you know, you haven't, you fell off or you need to revamp them because it's not working out that's okay. I'm right there with you. I'm on the same boat. And my sweet of the week is that I truly could not imagine my life without the friendships and mentors that I have cultivated for myself. Um, One of my friends that I met on my bar trip, we talk every single day, multiple times a day, usually on multiple platforms at the same time, and we're having multiple conversations. And, you know, whenever I get overwhelmed or bogged down, she is someone that I can always go to no matter what's going on, whether she's, you know, up three in the morning working, like chances are if I texted her, 
she'll answer soon and I can get it all out and she's been such a great friend to me and you know my middle school best friend Amber who has been on the podcast you know I send her voice notes whenever I need to and she answers when she can but it's knowing that I can go to her for absolutely anything in the world is it's the best feeling and you know a couple of guy friends from college or from law school or different places like I can always go to them too and also the social media community that I have cultivated the lawyers the lawyer entrepreneurs that I have met online that have truly shaped the career path that I'm on you know I had an idea and I didn't know where it was going to go and connecting with these women mostly women that have inspired me and encouraged me and supported me and given me tools and resources to do this has made it so much more possible and worth it and fun and I'm just really grateful for that. I was talking to another professor of mine yesterday, had a little Valentine's Day um, happy hour session with her, I guess. It was supposed to be like a late lunch, but then it ended up being happy hour because we both got busy, but it felt really good to just know that, you know, while I was really vocal about not enjoying law school while I was there and she saw that and her and I had countless heart to hearts that she saw something special in me and that's why she she took it upon herself when she had so much on her plate to be there for me and be my friend most importantly more than my professor because I honestly didn't do that well in her class but she that didn't matter to her she saw something in me and she she championed me and she supported me and it's incredible you know she's like I want to have a monthly call with you and see how you're doing and see how you're progressing I love supporting you seeing what you're doing online it's incredible everything that you've built and I'm so proud of you and you know especially on a day like Valentine's Day as someone whose love language is words of affirmation it felt really nice but just knowing that she believes in me that much was incredible and I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for those mentors friends professors people in my life and I hope you guys have someone like that as well took a slight pause because the AC turned on as you heard but yeah that is kind of where I'm at and you know I've been feeling just a lot more called to share these deeper conversations with you on the podcast because I'm really not having them on Instagram anymore like I used to just for privacy purposes and you know I feel like I have a safer community on here than on Instagram where people can be kind of mean sometimes. With that I wanted to introduce to you this week's guest Emily Rule. She is a former model and actress who is now a producer and owns her own production company, Public School Pictures. And I think it's really cool to see a fellow entrepreneurial woman going after what she wants because she just felt called to do it in her industry, which is rare. She's young. She's a woman. It's not something that people are really like gung-ho about, but she knew she needed to do this. And we talk all about why and how she went about it and why she called up public school pictures and everything that they are working on, which I think is absolutely incredible. So I hope you guys like this episode. Please leave a rating and review. Please subscribe to the show, follow along, share with a friend, tag us as you're listening. I'm so out of breath. Tag us as you are listening and yeah, go follow Emily, check out her films and I hope you all have a beautiful rest of your Valentine's Day week and a great weekend and I will talk to you all very soon. Meet Emily. So Emily, what's something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is that I love reality television. All of the housewives, all of them, anything on Bravo. 
I thoroughly enjoy coming home and watching reality television. It's kind of either like Oscar winners or reality TV. There's really no middle ground. That's the first thing that comes to mind. I feel like that's kind of fair though. Like Oscar winners and reality TV, like you want something really serious and dramatic or you want something like fun and lighthearted and kind of an escape. You just put it on in the background. A thousand percent. I uh, I was in San Diego last week and I happened to sit next to at a restaurant, one of the Real Housewives of Dallas and I'm from Dallas. So it was a very important moment for me. <laughs> that's uh, so cool. So yeah, it's fun. Those are, those are the people that I get excited about. It's funny. I... I haven't been watching so I moved back home and now we don't have cable in my parents house we just have like all of the like streaming services so I can watch them on Peacock I just it's like a lot more of effort to like go look for it on Peacock than like just throwing on Bravo on cable but I remember being at school and that was like my escape and I remember early pandemic I watched vintage uh, New York like from the beginning and it was I was like this is why this is this franchise is so yeah. Yeah. Kelly, Kelly Killar and Ben Simone. And I was like, this oh is why it's God. so good. And like, that's honestly like the first few seasons of New York are probably some of that's my cool. favorite. Yeah. When they go to St. Bart's and Kelly. Scary um, Island, St. John. Yes. <laughs> All of those. So I'm like, damn, now I need to go back and watch. Like I, I've been actually looking for a new show. So maybe I'll go back and watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then now Housewives of Miami came back. So I've been, I watched that and I, I, it's funny, like whenever I see them like go to places I've been or like that I want to go to, I'm like, oh, yeah. I know that. Like, I mean, uh-huh. I, I was born and raised here. Like I know Miami, but it's, it's a whole different lifestyle than like, you and I live. So it's cool to see. Totally. And Dubai just came out, which I'm obsessed yes. with. I, I want to watch. I really love Caroline Stanbury, who she, she might be one of my favorite housewives, um, but she was on a show called Ladies of London on Bravo maybe like four or five years ago that was a similar setup it just wasn't the housewives and now she's a housewife of Dubai and it's just like I know I I want to watch that one I, I really like her and I love her podcast Divorce Not Dead I know I, she's so funny she's she really is. funny but yeah no that's it's so funny that you say that like because it really is to me like I don't watch a lot of reality tv but when I do it's like I just have it on in the background um, a thousand percent and you can kind of tune it out or multitask I mean for yeah. me it's like coming home you don't I don't really want to be thinking about technical things like a lot of times when I watch really great television I'm taking it in and also analyzing it at the same time and seeing if there's things that I want to do or it's a much different experience than just kind of zoning out and you know I feel you right I grew yeah, I grew up as a competitive dancer, so and I watch dance shows, or so you think you can dance, things like uh, that. I'm like critiquing, or like, ooh, she missed that turn, or like, oh, yeah, that wasn't totally. right. Like, I'm very totally. technical, so I totally yeah. understand, and that's why I've, I love. Like, I have no technical knowledge of anything that you do, so when I watch shows, I'm like, it's cool, for, it's an escape for me. But dance, I'm like very nitpicky. Like some, some like. If it's like an obvious mistake on like a show or something, like I'll notice it, but just because I have that, like a little bit of that creativity, but yeah, I have no idea any of the uh-huh. technical stuff. So, but yeah, actually that's a perfect segue. So you started off as a model and an actress, and now you are the owner of your own production company and you're a director. Yeah. So can you share a little bit about your career trajectory and how you became a model? Because I think you have a really interesting story that not a lot of people, it doesn't happen that way anymore. I'll say that. 
Yeah, I mean, it's curious. I don't even know how it happens anymore. Probably through social media, which didn't really exist 13 years ago. I, I remember like the advent of Instagram. So Instagram was definitely not around. Yeah, uh, I was in high school when it came out. I remember yeah. I was like a freshman or sophomore in high school. And all those pictures are gone. But looking at remembering I what I used to post, I'm like, oh, my like God. the borders around the photos and it heavily, heavily filtered. Yeah. The kind of old school Instagram posts. Um, but I got scouted when I was 13 at New York Fashion Week. I went with my dad to see the shows. I just got my braces off and I was tall and skinny and met my uh, my former mother agent. Her name is Chantal Nadeau. She's based out of Toronto. So I met her and then I flew back home. And then flew back to do a photo shoot, which was my first photo shoot ever, really, outside of my mom taking my photos or like Christmas cards. And then relatively shortly within maybe a month or two, I had a contract in Japan and I went there and that's when everything started. And it was kind of the the biggest uh, life transition I've ever had, really. I kind of think of my life in those two phases. Um, And so the rest is kind of history from there. I mean, I was modeling for almost 10 years. I've since retired a little bit, so to speak, but if L'Oreal calls, I'll always pick up the phone. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I found something that fulfills me a little bit more. And uh, I think that every model wants to act, every actor wants to direct, and every director wants to produce. So it's a natural kind of trajectory. And I just yeah. skipped over a few of them. From modeling, I went to acting. That all stopped during the pandemic. I got tired of waiting for somebody to pick me and, and my future being up to the decisions of casting directors and agents who God bless them have, you know, treated me really nicely, but it is giving the power to someone else in a lot of ways. So I decided to write and direct something really just to kind of fulfill this artistic need I I had to express myself because it was COVID and nothing was really happening. And so I made Blue Moon. I wrote, directed and produced that. I had no idea what I was doing. I figured it out every day. That short has now been to 70 festivals. We're in the midst of developing, I know it's insane. We're in the midst of developing it into a feature. We had a writer on board and then she had a deal with Netflix that got commenced. So now we're starting from the beginning. It's interesting. I had no idea how any of this worked and it's such a fight. I think that's the best way to learn, honestly, is like learning by doing. I mean, for me, I learn hands-on. I learn by doing, by figuring it out on my own. And I'm kind of in that same, like, like, I'm the things that I'm doing, everything I've done, I've just like, you know what? I think I, this is a good idea. I'm going to lead it to it and I'll figure it out later. So I think totally, I think so too. And it's interesting because even, you know, when something doesn't happen, you don't get the writer that you want. You always imagine, well, this happened for a particular reason and I'm going to find someone that's even a better fit. It's almost like relationships in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, So Blue Moon is now being developed. Blue Moon led to 13 Stepping which is a short, another short that I wrote and directed uh, that's being developed into a TV show. Similar process, finding a writer to help adapt the pilot and, and a Bible. Um, and then while I was wrapping up 13 Stepping, I just knew that I wanted to do this again and again and again. And everything I was doing was to just get back on set and feel that magic that I experienced. And so I started a production company public school pictures, actually ended up not going to regular high school, which might explain my fascination with school, but uh, I did everything online. But I uh, love alliteration and I knew that it was either gonna be like something, something pictures or you know something, something studio or whatever. And I landed on pictures and then public school just kind of happened. I was driving, I remember very specifically, I was in Brentwood on Sunset. That happened 
And then our logo happened and now we have a whole kind of a thesis and brand around public school. Like whenever the team, whenever we do group activities together, I call them field trips. Uh, we're doing I love a, that. You know, we're doing a whole uh, merch line with like Letterman jackets and tennis skirts and lunch boxes and backpacks and all of that, which God willing will be done very soon because it's all being stored in my spare bedroom. But it, it kind of now has grown into this brand and this company. And now currently there's five of us. Everyone has their own kind of specific niche. I have like a visual production manager. I have an assistant who also dabbles with like development stuff. I have a head of development, Zach Parker, who's amazing. Uh, and he has an assistant. So it's, it's cool. And it's cool to be a boss. I've never really done that before. My mom has her own company. And I think that that's where I've taken a lot of uh, guidance and inspiration from, especially when it comes to finding what somebody is best at and then kind of helping them grow at that. But it's really cool. I'm excited. I've now executive produced other projects. So basically the revenue stream from the company now is coming from our film fund where I invest finishing funds into feature length shorts, um, documentaries, and then I get, you know, a percentage of revenue whenever the film gets distributed. Um, so right now- I think this is all so cool. Like I, I just- I don't know like I think everyone kind of secretly is like really interested in Hollywood and how it works like the machine of it and like how all of these products get made but like I'm sure for you like I mean I'm nerding out just listening to you so I'm sure for you it's even more cool but like getting to know how all of that works and the processes from taking you know an idea to getting a writer to getting this person on to like you know making building a team off of a project and then getting to see it you know, like you said, like now 70 film festivals, this one project mm-hmm. that you did, like, and that catapulted you to where you are now. I just think, you know, it's so cool. And did you ever think like, did you even know you wanted a model like going to New York Fashion Week at 13? And then now you're here, like looking back at your trajectory. I mean, grew, growing up, I always knew that I really liked fashion and film. Those were my escapes. I, I grew up in Texas and I didn't really feel like I fit in. And so the way in which I kind of dealt with reality or was inspired was through film and, and fashion. Um, so I always knew I wanted to do something creative. Um, and then when I was, before I was scouted uh, in New York, I went to an agency in Dallas and they turned me down. So I really had thought that that dream was kind of gone and I was devastated. So I was very pleasantly surprised by, uh, by getting scouted again in New York and that all happening. Um, none of this was the plan. Everything's been a happy accident. However, looking back, you see kind of events in your life or, you know, attributes of the people around you that uh, really contribute to who you are. And now it all kind of makes sense. Like everything I've ever experienced has kind of prepared me for the job I'm doing now. And it's really a great fit. And it is kind of the job I have now of a producer, but also a founder and also a director and a writer makes a lot of sense now looking back, considering the ways in which I was raised or my experiences and all those things. Yeah, I think honestly going back to like the learning by doing I think everything you do like it it's building blocks and like it all like if it makes sense like it it like you said it's the natural progression of your career actors models want to act actors want to direct and produce yeah. like you know like it, it it makes sense which is your favorite part for you like of all the different like lives you've lived all the different careers you've had which one's your favorite and like what what part of what you do now is your favorite part Well, I really love directing. Granted, I've only directed my own stuff, so I don't know how (laughs) I'm directing someone else's stuff. I do want to do that in the future. Um, You know, right now, my day-to-day is I've written another another film, 
However, I've decided to use the production budget to invest in more projects and, and push this production about a year and just submit that to screenplay competitions and whatnot in the meantime. Um, so my day-to-day -day is generally founder stuff and producing stuff. Um, and, you know, I really love the producing stuff. I kind of love all of it equally. I know that's a terrible answer. I no, think directing would have to be my favorite, but that's pretty, you know, sparse in between. But I, I really, I really like all of it. I like being in a team and on, on a team, excuse me, and, and creating something together. And I also just think it's incredible that I've managed to convince these people to come along with me on my journey. And I'm, you know, grateful every day of that. Yeah, no, I, I'm the same way. I, I'm on a startup team and I love being a part of it and getting to be a part of building the processes and seeing it grow. And one of my really good friends is the founder of that and just seeing her growth and trajectory and how she's built and, you know, being a part of the team that signs on to someone else's vision and then now being my own entrepreneur and my own founder and, you know, having people come to me and be like, I see what you're doing and I want to be a part of this somehow. And I'm like, I can't hire you right out, but like, that's good to know that you want to be a part of this. Like I'll keep you in mind for the future, but it's cool to like, when you have an idea and other people sign off on it, it's and now I'm experiencing that for myself. And I think, yeah, it's like, I love being a part of a team. I love being part of building something. So I, I agree with you. And I think, I don't know, I've never done anything like what you do, but I think, I don't know. I, I just think it's really cool that there's so many different ways to be in that world too like everyone thinks like you know you have to have like a blockbuster film or you have to have a breakout show or you have to you know win all these awards but there's so many other ways to get involved in that industry if you want to be a part of it and you can start in one place and end up somewhere else like it you know there's not one perfect path and I think you're really great testament to that so I think I don't know it's just I, I'm like nerding out right now. I think it's so uh, cool. <laughs> and I think, you know, the the trophies and the awards and that almost, that's like the end goal, you know? Yeah, and you I have to do it because you love it. You really have to love it. Because it's just every day I was talking to my boyfriend about this last night and he's a showrunner. So he understands the plight of, you know, making making something actually happen. And it's it's a fight and it's an uphill battle and not, it's not a straight line. And, you know, like I said, I had a writer for Blue Moon in mind. We were a week away from signing the contract and then another job of hers got commenced. So now I'm starting from the beginning and that was six months of my life, you know, and, and you just kind of have to pick up and move on. But whatever you're doing, you have to believe in it so much that you can't really give up on it. And then you do have to know when to give up on things, which is also an interesting thing. You know, there was a project that I was going to EP and then I just realized it wasn't a good investment and pulled out basically. And I think even looking at the projects in which we invest our film fund in it is similar to looking at companies. It is a startup basically, you know, and I'm the founder of that production, so to speak, is really the director and the producer. And do I believe in them enough that I, you know, want to give them X amount of money? And do I think they'll get a distribution deal? Do I think that they'll go to South by or TIFF or CAN or, or whatnot? Um, because in reality, that's what you're buying. Not only do you want to get your money back and then some, but you're buying that laurel, you're buying that clout, so to speak, to legitimize the company and to have more people trust me with bigger and bigger things, really. So that's the model now. It's The film fund is really what's propping up the rest of the company while we develop our two original content projects. That's so cool. And I think, I don't know, just learning like you know, everyone talks about Cannes, all these film festivals are so prestigious, but like, there's so much more that goes into it, like a film fund, like what, what is that? Like, how do you, if you want to get into, you, you don't want to be the on-screen talent, you want to be the behind the scenes, you, you know, either 
producing, directing, or investing in projects? Like, how do you get involved in those types of things? Like, how did you like kind of get started when you realized that that was the direction you wanted to go? Like, where do you start? Well, I didn't realize it was the direction I wanted to go, but I knew that I needed someone to help me find writers, someone that had connections with agents and managers and also had great taste and could help me build out the development arm. At this time, I thought it was just going to be our projects. Now, looking back, like as a producer, you need multiple things happening at once because things take a long time. Legal takes a long time. Uh, and my mother also does a lot of our legal. My mom's an attorney and it still takes a longer time than uh, I would yeah. like Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a new, I'm a new attorney. And one of my friends, like she wants me to help her with the trademark project. And she was like, is it really going to take this long? I'm like, yeah, like even me doing it, that will do it as quick, like as much as like as fast as humanly possible. Like that's just the process. Like I can't, I know I can't change that. (laughs) And, um, I was introduced to Zach Parker through a mutual friend and Zach produced a film called Thunder Road. Uh, and that film really is kind of the touchstone for anybody wanting to take a short and turning it into a feature. Jim Cummings wrote and uh, stars in it. And uh, it was initially a short and then they made it into a feature and it was a great success. And it's kind of, you know, the model if somebody wants to take an independent short and make it into a film, Zach produced the feature. So I knew of this film because I'd heard about it many, many times. And then he also was involved in development at AMC. And, and so we had quite kind of a track record and we were introduced, we're both from Texas, got along great. He was really my first, you know, team member, so to speak. And that was April 1st. And uh, from that moment on, he and I just had discussions about how we wanted to structure everything. The accelerator program, which was what it was called at first, is what came to mind. Um, he had several connections with the different independent filmmakers who needed funding. And uh, we just kind of started there. We have now have three on our slate. We have two shorts and a feature. I think we'll focus into features more than shorts. I love shorts, but there's really no distribution life. There is somewhat HBO and Showtime now stream them. But if you're thinking about this from a business model, it makes a lot more sense to invest in features because there's a greater rate of return. And then in the meantime, you know, developing our own content. Everyone at my company is really given the freedom and during their free time to scour Seed and Spark and Kickstarter and GoFundMe and all of those crowdfunding platforms. And kind of the deal is if somebody finds something, they get to be the, the point of liaison for the company. They get to go on set. So we really have all hands on deck when it comes to looking for projects. Yeah, that's how that happened. Another happy accident wasn't really... I really didn't know the first thing. Now I feel like I know one or two things. I obviously don't know all of them. Uh, but you hire for your weaknesses. Like you're, that's why you have a team. Like you're, there's all these people. And I, I like that, that you have, like, if you bring in a project, like you're the point person, like I'll let you, you brought it in. Like that's your exactly, baby. Yeah. Like, I think that's says a lot about you as a leader too, that you trust your people and you want to help them grow and develop and you're learning from them learning. And I, I think that's such a great opportunity too. And you hire for your weaknesses. You have, that's why there's teams. That's why there's assistance. Why That's why there is, you know, entourage gets a bad rep, but there's a reason why there is so many people involved in every single thing. Cause they not one person can do everything. And I'm a big fan of happy accidents. Honestly, my whole life has been like everything. Like it's like, if you start one place, you end up somewhere else, it's all a happy accident. And here we are. And it, it, I think it's, oh no, it's so cool. And what's the difference between a short and a feature film? You said like, there's not that much of a distribution channel for shorts, like other than like HBO, but length wise, like what's that? 
for people like me, like I know what a feature film yeah. is. I don't know sure. what a short is. Yeah. And and maybe I'm giving shorts a little bit of bad rap. I mean, the best the best case scenario for a short would either be HBO, Showtime, getting a Vimeo staff pick, um, which is a bit like a, a good housekeeping stamp of approval. Vimeo curates some of the short films on the site. And if you get a staff pick stamp, you know, that's that almost acts like a festival laurel in a lot of ways. It's pretty prestigious. Also, they're short of the week. Um, which is also pretty prestigious. Um, but a short film, I don't know what, you know, the technical definition is, but in my opinion, it's anything under like 20 minutes. You know, I, most feature length films are at least an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours. Exactly. So a short film would be anything really under, under half an hour. I mean, if you get into half an hour, that feels more like a TV episode. Um, but I would say around 20 minutes would be a good chunk of time. And there's just, there's just not a whole lot of money in shorts. Unfortunately, I love them to death and, and maybe that will change. But for us, it seems like a better business model to invest in features because there's more of a likelihood we'll get distributed. You know, I, you could name, you know, I name 10 streamers right now that would buy a feature film and I couldn't really name 10 places that would buy a short. But I feel like with like the whole short form content push that everyone is doing on social media. I feel like shorts might have some more. Yeah, life, they might be something like that. Yeah, I, I think know. they might need to be shorter shorts. It's interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, I think like Snapchat tried, Quibi tried, nothing's quite worked yet. So it'll be fascinating to see. And then, you know, there's in my, you know, five year plan is being able to option books and really develop something from the ground up. At the moment, that doesn't seem like a really great business model. You know, I don't want to spend time having to kind of forge a pathway for a project from the very beginning. It makes a lot more sense to come in at the end or in the middle when it's already in production. You know that it's happening. There is that there is that promise yeah. because it is so hard to make things and a lot of things don't get made. And, you know, right now I want to bet on the things that will get made. And, and then it's going to be a real privilege to bet on things that you don't know if they're going to get made or not. No, and I think if you have like, you like you like you can have different departments or different like buckets I guess almost and be like you know you know these are going to work and then you have once you've been really successful in those then you can kind of like all right now we have a budget to play with to see if we can start something from the ground up and you can it kind of be like a startup within a startup versus like but you have like another revenue stream you're taking care of on that side exactly that, that's really smart that you like, all right, we know what works. We're going to focus on this, but it's okay to have a five-year plan. And like, you want to have a five-year plan, but you also have to, if we learned anything from the last five years, like you have to be really flexible. Like things can change <laughs> yeah. in the drop of a hat. You never really know. But I think that's really smart of sticking to what works and kind of, you know, letting it come to you when it comes to you. I don't know. I just think, I don't know. I would love to like, I, I, I've never wanted to be in Hollywood in that sense, but like, I've always loved like the PR side of it. Like I thought when I went to law school, it was like, if I don't go into like law firm life, I wanted to like be like a publicist and use my law degree. And you don't need to be a lawyer to be a publicist, but like, I don't know, like there's just, I don't know if you've ever heard of this book called the Keaton Chronicles. I know they've been trying to make it a film or a TV show for like a decade. And it's just, it's never the author. I'm like friends with her. And it hasn't worked out, but she, in the show, she ends up becoming, she goes from high school girl, America's sweetheart's daughter to end up owning, she does a hostile takeover of a production company and ends up kind of being what you are, like writing, directing, producing all these projects. And she, it, there's a lot more to it, but then her best friend went to law school and ends up being her publicist. And like, and so I always like, 
I was like, I got a taste of Hollywood from that. And I was like, I want no part in that side of things. But I think it's really cool. And like, I want to be a part of it on the publicist side and do like use my skills, what I'm good at and like be a part of that. So Anna, just you're talking about that. I'm like, that's like the only insight into this world that I know, but I think it's so cool. Just how it all really works out. And like you said earlier, like relationships, I'm a firm believer that it's everything comes down to relationships and who Mm -hmm. you know and connections and really fostering those relationships with people. Like I wouldn't have a podcast if it wasn't for those connections and relationships. And, you know, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. You know, you met one person and he brought you into this whole new world and now you're building something with him and here you are. So I think it's, I don't know. It's so cool. I'm like, I'm really nerdy guy right now. I'm like such a geek. No, I appreciate it. Cause this morning I was like, Oh, everything's taking so long. Like, and I was having a moment, you know, you have days where you feel like you do so much and nothing moves. Oh, all the time and that was yesterday and this morning it was still kind of on the heels of that energy so it's thank you I appreciate it you're making me you're feel welcome. better it's funny I know those days so well I was telling my one of my best friends I was like how was it already Wednesday and how is next week already October like I don't know where the time's going I feel like so much happens in a day but then at the same time absolutely nothing happens because mm-hmm. no I just graduated from law school I just found that I felt I passed the bar yeah I should be really excited and I am and I'm really happy but I also the job that I had at graduation fell through. I'm trying to find a job. I'm also trying to start my own thing and freelance. In the meantime, I'm getting offers. I'm trying to figure out negotiations, like dating dramas going on. But at the same time, like I go to bed every night still feeling like, you know, I have nothing to show for it. And like, I'm not, I'm not happy, even though I am happy, but it's like, I want all these things and nothing's happening. And I feel like I'm doing so much every day. And I still, I feel empty in the morning, like at night and in the morning, I'm like, okay, I have all these things to do is one of these gonna like lead Work to out. something yeah, yeah. so I, I I know exactly how you feel so it's I'm glad I could help a little bit in that <laughs> and, I, Thank you. and I think there's it's so important like like I feel like every, like now a lot of actors and celebrities are coming out with like their own beauty or skincare lines or like everyone has their own production company or everyone's writing a book and they're always like there's just it's like very saturated but I think when there is it's really unique when there are like small independent projects like this independent studios like you because they're you are like the 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 steer of the ship is clearly truly passionate they wouldn't be doing it Mm -hmm. if they weren't or at least they shouldn't be and those are the projects that like you know they they mean something and they they may not be the big blockbuster commercial success but they're going to garner an audience that really believes in that or in a community around it and I think that is more those are the ones I tend to gravitate towards to mm-hmm. the most. Like I have a time when I'm watching award shows. I don't know half the things that are like <laughs> the projects that are sweeping the awards. I'm like, I didn't watch this. Like I'll watch that one that went like, I, like anything that goes viral on social media, I tend to be like, eh, everyone's already seen it. I know what happens because yeah. everyone's talking about it. So I'm going to go yeah. find other stuff that, you know, is going to hit me where I need to like feel it at that moment in my life for whatever reason. So I don't know. I think it's really cool what you're doing. Thanks. I just want to make good art. Her shape of his eyes comes in. I really just want to curate incredible content. And in a nutshell, I guess I'm just betting on my taste, which I I have a lot of faith in. And it's interesting. I I might be self-conscious in other aspects of my life, but I when it comes to this stuff, I just there's no room for self-doubt. There's no room for self-doubt because we don't have time for it. And it's not productive. And part of being a leader is 
you know, maintaining and presenting the energetic level at which you want the people around you to work at. And, you know, there are days where like, I want to do nothing. I don't, and I, this forces me to do something with a smile on my face. And it's an, that's an incredible gift in and of itself. But I think that's one of the things that I've realized is that being the captain of the ship, so to speak, comes with a lot of responsibility. And I definitely don't take that lightly. Yeah, I agree. I think I want to ask you about that, like lessons you've learned in starting all of this in the entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. side. But I think that's something I've learned too. Like I may not want to do it, but now I am lucky I get to, instead of I have to, it's like I get to wake up every day and, you know, I have three back-to-back episodes today, but I'm excited to talk to people. Like the podcast is, it's like therapy for me being on the mic, getting to have these conversations. I learn so much. I grow so much just from having so many conversations with so many different types of people and like leading, like I'm not leading a team right now, but I'm starting my own thing and I'm talking to all these people. I'm networking, I'm making connections, I'm learning from people. So I'm building like a team of so, of mentors that are gonna help me get my business off the ground. And I like, I think, having those conversations is so aspiring to me and yeah I may be exhausted from all of this work that I'm doing that it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere but at the end of the day it's like I I do still have days where you know it's rough but a lot of times I've been going to bed like really exhausted but like with a smile on my face like wow I did something today like people are like they see my vision they support me and I think when you like I said like you you don't have room to self be self-conscious about it because you have a vision, you believe strongly in it. And if one person agrees with you and they see your vision, oh, like yeah. that that's all you need. And like that takes one person and word of mouth and like it, it grows from there. And I think, mm-hmm. I love that you said that, that, you know, you don't have room to be self-conscious about it. You can be self-conscious about other things in your life, but like your taste, your vision, like no one can take that away from you. Really, no one can. Yeah. And that's why I love like my podcast and having my own platforms but aside from being a lawyer, I never wanted to just be a lawyer because I want to, like, there's so much more I have to say. Like, I don't want to just be head down at work all day. Like, I want to talk about all these things that are interesting me and still be creative in a different way. Cause I grew up in a creative field, even though I don't, didn't pursue that like mm-hmm. professionally, I still want to use my voice in other ways for fun. And now I get to do that through this and have these conversations. And that is a fulfilling in and of itself. And I don't have room to be self-conscious about that if people are like, oh, why is she doing that? That's so weird. It's like, no, like I believe in it and I'm proud of it. Oh, so yeah. who cares? Exactly. So, I love that you said that. That that really like I it's like it's funny, like when you hear something, you know you needed to hear at that moment, but you didn't know you needed to hear it. Like that was that was really cool. Hey. Awesome. Yeah. But so yeah, what has it been like being an entrepreneur? You said April 1st is when you, you know kind of really started this it's been really recent it's moved very quickly what have you learned about entrepreneurship in the last six eight months that you know how much have has it changed you as a person how much have you learned what's your best like lessons you've learned from entrepreneurship I mean I think I'm a lot tougher I've had to fire people I feel like my brain has to work a lot more efficiently it already does but not only thinking about the present but the future simultaneously when making decisions. Um, I think it's really, I, I, I think I'm a good communicator baseline in general, but I think it has improved how I communicate even more, uh, whether it's giving instruction or whether it's communicating a critique or, or really anything. I think that communication is the basis of a good relationship, whether that's 
romantic or business or whatnot. I've also learned the balance is important or harmony, I think is kind of a better word um, because I don't really think balance exists. Um, I agree. <laughs> but uh, making some sort of distinction of, okay, work is over. It's time to just turn off that part of my brain. I mean, this morning I woke up thinking about work, which in, in, I say that I, I try at this. It doesn't always work. Uh, yeah. But just trying to create some separation between church and state and, and at, you know, 6 or 6.30, when I shut off, I shut off. And now it's time for social things or boyfriend things. Uh, and just how important it is and how important to take care of myself. Because if I don't do that, I can't do anything else, really. Um, because I think that I, at least the first couple of months, uh, have let some of my self-care stuff go. Um, and... Now I'm kind of having to pick up the pieces of that, even if it's, you know, I stopped exercising and, and I noticed a decline in mental health. And then I was like, okay, now we're going to, now I started working out again. And just things like that, like that hour of working out, that hour is very important. And because in my head at the beginning, I was like, oh, I can, I can spend that hour doing something else. And no, then I got burnout, legitimate, you know, adrenal fatigue, burnout. And now I'm having to pick up the pieces of that. So I think those are really big lessons. Uh, I listened to Mark Zuckerberg, who's on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he was talking about how he does an hour of something active every day. And I was like, if he can do it, I've got to do it. And that was really great because I just assumed, I, I didn't know. I had assumed all of these people that were successful, like, you know, did nothing but work. And my office is also in my home. So there there really is no separation. Um, so just creating that separation and holding on to it and holding on to my weekends because I used to work on the weekends and granted when you're single it's a little bit easier and but now that I do have a relationship those weekends are really precious to me and just honoring that and honoring the time off which is not something that I used to do very well so no those are all lessons I'm learning too I I can really relate to the routine and the working out and the self-care I like that during bar prep I had to kind of like they say not to let it go. They say like that is going to save you. Like you're going to like everyone like, so it's funny because there's the old school view of like all you 24 seven studying, you can't have a life. But then there's like the few people that are like, no, like don't skip your friend's weddings. You're going to regret it. Go to go take the night off one day a week, like take a half day if you need it, take mental health breaks. Like, and I got me and my friends when we were studying, we would force each other to like even if someone didn't have to go to the bathroom, be like, hey, I'm going to the bathroom. Do you want to come with me? Just to, like, we could see that they were struggling and be like, all right, let's make them go for a walk with us. Like, even if it's 20 yeah. feet to the bathroom or someone's going to Starbucks, not everyone needs to go or has to get coffee. But like, we would go just get a coffee, just to have an excuse to go outside and get sunshine, just to get a break from being stuck in the library all day. And I other that was like my only exercise like those walks I would force myself to walk up and down the stairs and taking the elevator so at least I was like moving my body a little bit and I would like go up and down the stairs just for, like on a break just like yeah. move and ever since I got back I went on my bar trip to Europe for a couple of weeks and I've come back and I haven't been working out and it's like I can I felt my mental health decline like during the bar exam it 100% declined even doing that very little bit of working out so it's like okay I definitely need to get back into my routine, learn, learn well, my, my, my wellness tools. I had them, I had them down and now I, I lost them and you know, it happened. It, it, it's okay. It worked out, but like, I know that those helped me and I need to get back into them and recognizing that it's okay to take time for yourself. Like you said, like if, if those are super successful people do it, then you can do it too. One hour. Isn't gonna, it's not gonna 
your business isn't going to fail because you took an hour a day for yourself or for your relationships, romantic friendships, family, like your pets, like taking care of your home because that's where you lay your head at night, like cleaning up, making good meals, like those, like those little things that we forget about those. And I think that's so, so important. Mm -hmm. And what's it like having a relationship with someone who's also in this industry. He's a showrunner, so a little bit different. I mean, I think I, I think I know that enough of a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. about that to know it's different. But what's it like, like, you know, having time for yourself, having time for your friends, making time for him, but also supporting his career because it's probably different events than the ones that you go to. And like, how do you manage all of that, like on a personal level? Well, this is the first time I've been working this much while dating someone. So it's really helpful that he has worse hours than I do. Uh, he also writes as well for the show um, so when he's in it he's in it I think for me it comes down to again just really honoring that time afterward the hour and a half or two hours you know from eight to ten that we get to spend together um, we spend most evenings together because that's the little chunk of window we get and a few text messages throughout the day and then those weekends together are really special and I wouldn't give them up for anything and sometimes we just do nothing but watch old movies together and and take a walk on the beach. I think with friends, making it a priority to at least see one or two at dinner throughout the week, sprinkling those in, just staying connected via text. I'm lucky that I have really independent friendships, so I don't necessarily need to talk to them every day to feel like we're still really close in each other's lives. There's a few that I do, there's a few that I don't. A lot of my friends now have kids, so they're off doing their own their own thing in their own world. Uh, and I have a child, so to speak, with the company. I'm thinking of getting a dog which I think could be really good for me. A little bit of emotional support, a little bit of an excuse to go for a walk. Um, we're on the hunt, trying to find one. I have a crate in my apartment over there. I have all of the goodies. I just don't have the dog. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think just when you find your tribe and they understand you, it, it's pretty seamless. Uh, and I don't think I could date someone who wasn't as busy as I am or busier because it would be difficult. So I got lucky in that sense. No, I am with you. So I have... There's two dogs right now because the hurricane. So my brother came home and brought his uh, dog, but we have a dog, a family dog. And my mom's like, don't get your own dog. Cause we have this one. But I know when I live on my own, like I, I want to get a dog free. Like what you just said, like it's an excuse to go for a walk, emotional support. Like my dog, my family dog or both of them now, like they have been my emotional support during the bar exam. Like he would study with me on my lap if I was home or um, when I found out that I passed the bar exam, he was with like, I was holding him as an emotional support. Like I was scared. I was freaking out and he was there and, you know, he didn't like that. I screamed in his ear, when I found right, right, out. Right. but you know, so I'm with you on that getting a dog. Um, and yeah, having independent friendships and people that it's like dating has been so hard because, and I'm, I'm sure you understand this, like yeah, like I need them to work as much or more than me because they need to understand my ambition. And I don't want them to resent me because I am so ambitious and I have all these goals and I run my own business and I, and I want to do all of these things. So they need to respect that and understand it and, you know, have their own thing going on too, because I'm not going to just like, we will make time for that one or two hours a day and the weekends, but you know, the rest of the time, like have your own thing going on. So I, cause I'm going to have mine. And I mm -hmm. think that has been something really difficult for me. Thankfully, I have pretty good independent friendships. But on the dating side, like that's something I'm still working on. And, you know, a lot of my friends, we're all starting our careers. Like we're all in our mid, early mid 20s to mid 20s. We're all trying to figure it out, you know, navigating friendships and work and people moving and families changing and 
some people are starting to get married and have kids. Some people are choosing not to like dating, like all of those things. So it's definitely hard, but I think it's important, like you said, like to make time for yourself and honor that, that time. And that's definitely something I'm working on too, especially in something like with both of us, like in the entrepreneurship space in general, but just like a demanding career, like law and, and acting and modeling and directing that is, it's a physical, like you are the, the art, like it's you, your brain, your body, like you have to be in it. So I think it's, that's a really like important lesson. I think that you learn that I've learned that like everyone can learn that it's important to, to take time for yourself and take care of yourself. Cause you know, you're the only one who can make all those things in your head come true. Exactly. Exactly. No, I love that. But for anyone who wants to get into this industry in any, in any area of it, what's like a piece of advice you would give them? What's the best piece of advice you've gotten? I'll answer the first question first. Cause I, I don't, I gotta think a second for the second one. Um, for the first answer, how to get into industry, I think it would be just to take an internship. Yeah. I think that that's probably the best way to learn. Um, and, and that's probably the best way to figure out what aspect you really want to work in or an assistant job, because then you basically get to shadow that person and see if that's something for you. And then the the second question, this is actually advice I got from my boyfriend on Sunday, who uh, we were talking about, like, you know, I have these ideas um, for Blue Moon, 13 Stepping or whatever. But in reality, like, those things could never happen, but it almost doesn't matter because that they're not the last great idea I'm ever going to have. And that that comes within me and me being the creator, like that's where the actual value is, you know, because it, this isn't the last thing I will ever create. And, you know, I think that it, it removes a little bit of the pressure off, right? Because I'm doing everything in my power to develop both of these projects, but regardless if they happen or not, which I will fight to the death until they do, they're not the last great ideas I will ever have. So maybe that's the advice that like, you're not ever going to have just one great idea. I love that so much. It's so true because, you know, we're here for so long, like there's so many different facets and phases of our lives and chapters. And like, for me personally, I don't know if you've ever looked into your human design, but I know for me, my profile is like the great life experiment. I'm not meant to do just one thing in my life. I'm meant to do all these different things because I have a lot of different passions. And Mm -hmm. even in just 24 and a half years, I've noticed that like my interests have changed, my hobbies have changed, my passions have changed. And even the things that I'm working on right now, like some of them on paper, you're like, how do they, why is she doing so many different things? They don't make any sense. But in my head, in my life, they do. And I'm meant to have all these different projects and, you know, one is going to take over right now and that's going to be the season of life that I'm in. And then that's going to fade out. And then a new idea will come along and that's going to be for the next three, five years, that's going to be that passion project. And, you know, it's not just one great idea, one great job. Like people come out of high school or come out of college and they're like, all right, I need to get a job. And they're married to this idea of like, that's going to be my life for the next Mm -hmm. 40, 50 years. Like, that's not true. And it doesn't have to be if you don't want it to be. So I think taking it to that side of things, if people aren't so much in the creative industry, but especially in, you know, content creators or, you know, in the film industry, like, yeah, there's always, you can always have more ideas. And, and the cool thing is you can sell your ideas. If you don't have the ability to produce that project, someone else might, and you can sell them your idea. And like, there's so many different ways to do all of it. So I think that's a really great piece of advice. And I love that it was recent and that your boyfriend, yeah. like that's to me, those are the friendships and relationships I want to foster. Like people like that in my corner that give me 
pieces of advice like that that make me think and make me be like, you know what? You're right. I'm I'm doing okay. Like I don't need to freak out so much. I'm doing okay. Exactly. So I love that. Thank you so much, Emily, for coming on the podcast. This was so much fun and really a special me. conversation. I really enjoyed it. Where can everyone find you? They can follow me on Instagram at Emily Rule, R-U-H-L. And then in my bio, there's the Instagram handle for my production company, which is at Public School Pictures. And then in that bio are all of the handles of the projects we're working on at the moment. Check them out. Blue Moon, 13 Stepping, The Pink, uh, Pretty Sad, which is the one that should be coming out next year. So you can check us out there. You can also check us out at publicschoolpictures.com where you'll find the trailers for our projects and will be the greatest place to get up-to-date information and buy our merchandise that will be coming out, God willing, in six weeks. That's so exciting. I'll link everything in the show notes. I know I watched the trailers and I like for Blue Moon and 13 Stepping and I was like, wow, like this is so cool. Also that someone so young, they know what they want and they're going after it. That to me is such an inspiration. And then seeing it like come to life, I think, I don't know. It's really cool. So everyone needs to go check them out. I'll link them in the show notes as well. So people can go check it out, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. 